0: So last Sunday, we talked about the, the five reasons why we don't need to worry, why I don't need to worry, why you don't need to worry, and this Sunday is sort of part two of that, if you will. Um, we know that we don't need to worry. We know what the Word says to us about not worrying, but then the question becomes, how do I trust Jesus to meet my needs? And so that's where we're going to go this morning. And you can probably, I'm sure all of us can identify when I say that these past two weeks kind of feel like a bit of a shock. Like I still feel right now even that I'm still somewhat in a bit of shock of what's happening, of what's transpired. And it just has happened so quickly that our lives have just been so significantly altered. And God is not just allowing this situation to reveal our hearts and to speak into our lives. There, there is tremendous good that's going to come out of this crisis in the church and in us as people. And so where is God? This is the question that I'm asking myself and I, and I want to put to us. Where is God seeking to bring more of his presence in your life? How, how is the Holy Spirit desiring to heal and refine you in these days? What does he want to do in you in the very midst of what we're going through? Where do you feel, and and, and I feel this very acutely right now, but where do we feel pressured and squeezed by the Lord? Like there's things bearing on us, and we can't deny that the Lord is allowing this to happen, that God has allowed this to come. And so, God, what are, you, what are you wanting to say to me now? What are you wanting to do in us? And amidst the, the slowdown of this busyness in our lives, and, and I have never seen more people walking than I have lately, um, and, and so amidst this sort of self-isolation that we're experiencing, please, I, I, would, I would say this is not a time to be idle in the Lord. This is not a time to press pause or to in any way pull back from the Lord. This is actually an opportunity to go deep with the Father. This, this to dig deep wells of fellowship with God in our lives. And so I, I'm, I'm asking myself that right now is, is where, where am I right now prone to distractions that Are going to leave me spiritually depleted? Where where do I need to really look at my life of where I need to go deep with the Father? And so the world is in crisis right now, right? I think we'd agree. The world is in a full blown crisis. I don't know that we could point to anything else that you could even say compares to this because of the age that we find that we're living in. And, And I also believe that what this is doing is it's exposing a crisis that's been there for a long time in the church. It's actually been in the church, but we've just kind of been able to ignore it. Will we seek to understand and see what the Lord is doing In his church, Jesus is always seeking to work through his church. He's always seeking to move through his church. And so the fact that God's allowed this to happen, what does the Lord specifically want to do in these days to move in the church? God is redeeming this situation for his holy purposes in our lives. And in the church, He's, I actually believe that this is going to be a time where he is seeking to refine and solidify his work in us and in the church. God is seeking a generation of worshipers who will not be satisfied with anything else except the actual working of his presence in our midst. There is nothing else. God wants to raise up a generation of people. We are not satisfied with anything but the presence of God himself. And I find this so interesting, what he's doing right now in our midst to to get our attention. Now, God didn't bring this virus about. I am 100% sure of that, that God didn't bring this virus about. And, And the reason I say that is because every time... Jesus encounters sickness and death in the Gospels every single time. He sees it not as the work of his Father. He sees it as the work of the enemy. And he sees it actually as an opportunity to bring the goodness and the love and the healing of the Father into the situation. Jesus brings wholeness and healing where the enemy is trying and attempting to bring sickness and death. And that is exactly what the enemy is trying to do all over the world right now, is just bring loads and loads of suffering and death. But God is allowing the coronavirus for his own purposes of good on this earth. Nothing happens, nothing, anything happens except that which God permits. And so what a virus like this does is expose where our our treasure, where our, our security, where our comfort resides. And, and what Jesus is allowing is he's allowing these facades of comfort that we've built up around us to be torn away so that actually what's being revealed is what's really holding our hearts. And I don't know about you, but I, that, that's hard. As Jesus is stripping away this stuff and I'm, I'm having to see The stuff that's really making me uncomfortable and really is leaving me unsettled. And Jesus is, he's getting at the issues in our hearts. And what we need is a robust view of the kingdom of God. What I mean by that is in these days, we need that view of of really understanding. We are not made to live on this earth forever in, in its present format. We are made for heaven. We are made for the new heavens and the new earth. But in view of eternity, whether I live for Christ, or sorry, whether I live on this earth for 40 years or 80 years is actually really inconsequential in light of eternity. It actually is not the biggest thing. Now, I understand that actually might offend some of us when you go, well, what do you mean? I want to live way beyond 40. Yes, so do I. But in view of eternity... That is not the biggest thing on this earth for me. I understand that offends us because what it does is it reveals where we're solely living for the things of this earth. I am in Christ, which means if I am in Christ, I am secure. But if I'm living for the things of this earth, then this time will be very unsettling. If I'm simply living for the things of this earth, this is shaking everything, but it's also the mercy of God where he's saying, turn, repent, seek my face, humble yourselves. And, you know, as as a professing Christian, it's good for us actually to feel unsettled to the point where we ask ourselves the really big questions like, what am I living for? What am I really living for? Now I'm I'm beginning here today as we talk about trusting Jesus because the only way that you will overcome the inclination to worry, to fear, and anxiety in your life and all of that feels really, really relevant right now. I, I don't know that there's been a time in our lives that we would say worry, fear, and anxiety has felt more real and relevant than right now. The only way that we will overcome that is to trust Jesus and to live for him. That's the only way. You will not overcome it unless you can find somehow to put your trust in the Lord. And sadly, it'll actually be entirely possible for some people to come out of this crisis through being careful, through being wise, and actually not be any closer to God. Not to be any closer to the Lord of heaven and earth who formed them and who longs to have relationship with them they will come out and life will just continue until we come to the next crisis on this earth and this is not going to be the last crisis that this earth faces this will probably this may not even be the last crisis that we face in our lifetime this may just be the beginning of more unsettling things as the presence of Jesus and the kingdom of God is moving into this earth That, that in itself is a bit unsettling. I, I admit, I, like, I feel that's unsettling. But we need to rest in the Lord and in the truth of his word. Amidst all, all the death and destruction that Satan seeks to bring through this crisis, his main plan is to leave people eternally separated from God and the church in a state of spiritual slumber. That's that's what he wants to do. And so what we need to know and what we need to constantly remind ourselves and live out of, live out of this, actually walk in this, is Jesus is on the throne. Jesus is above all things. All things are under his power and dominion. There's nothing that isn't under him. We are actually raised up with him. We are called to be seated with him right now in the heavenlies, in eternal places. He he is preparing his church for his return. We are called to be working and preparing for that. We are called to be living for his kingdom, moving in the power of his spirit. That is what we need to remind ourselves of and live ourselves, that we are living right now regardless of what's happening we're living for the kingdom of God and we're moving in the power of his spirit come what may and we can speak of, of awakening and renewal in the church big, big picture right we can talk about that but what are you doing right now in your life to create hunger and desire for more of God personally what are you doing how is your prayer life how, how is your, your secret life with God? God has given us the way to deal with worry in our lives. In the midst of this crisis, in the midst of the unknown, we actually don't have to live in a state of worry. And I am, I am so thankful for that because there's so many things that want me to have give way to worry in my life. But the way that we reject that is we, we put our trust in Jesus. And when I talk about putting our trust in Jesus, I'm not talking about a one-time decision like I came to Christ and I put my trust in Jesus. No, this is, this is an intentional act again and again and again, daily, maybe even hourly at times. I am going to place my trust in Jesus no matter what. I know that he is working in all things. So, how do I trust Jesus to meet my needs? I want to go through four points this morning. Number one, every day, ask him to be my shepherd. Last Sunday, we, I, I touched on Psalm 23.1 where it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Which also means, I, I don't have to lack. I shall not lack. There's nothing that I will lack. Nothing. And the next verse, which many of us probably know, is he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. And the Hebrew there for still waters, interestingly, is translated besides waters of rest. The Lord will bring us, he'll actually bring us to time and places in our lives where he invites us to receive him as our shepherd to feed, to lead, and to meet my needs. And this this reminds us as, as the Lord does this, this reminds us, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is a good God. He is good. And, and I said this last week, but we need a huge, massive view right now, a huge understanding of the goodness of God. Like that God is infinitely good. That what we're going through right now doesn't in any way put into question his goodness. He's infinitely good. And he's for our good. And he's working for our good right now. At, at the beginning of 2020, the beginning of this year, we, we entered into a time of prayer and fasting. And uh, I did this, this little mini three-part series, if you remember, about eliminating hurry in our lives, engaging in silence and solitude, and rediscovering Sabbath in our lives. And it hit me this week. I was thinking about that, and I actually went back, and I looked through some of my notes, and I was like, we had no idea what was around the corner. Like, zero. I had no clue when I was preparing that and preaching that of what we were going to be in two and a half months later. And, and, And it's like, we talk about this stuff, but... God has literally just pulled the emergency break of busyness in our lives. Like, he has just yanked that break up, and it's like, it has been a full-scale stop. Like, stop. And, and I know that for some of us, it might feel like the opposite, and, and I, I can actually attest to this. I don't, I don't feel right now less busy. <laughs> I, I feel like I've walked through, actually, some of the most busy weeks right now of, you know, in a long time. But... We are still in a time right now where the Lord has made us to lie down beside still waters. He has brought us to a place of rest. And whether we like it or not, we are being told, you need to rest. And, and, I, and one effect in all of this is that this has made us realize, all of us, how little control we have. Like, we really do not have control. And how quickly our lives can be turned upside down. And for followers of Jesus, this is meant to draw us to realize the Lord is my shepherd. He is the one who takes care of me. He is the one who guides me. He's the one who makes me lie down. He's the one, not me. He's the one but we still have the choice right now in the midst of all this of looking to our own resources, our own devices, and I'm, I'm intending that pun. <laughs> but we, we have that choice to look to things in within us or outside of us to make it through. And it would be tragic if in the midst of this, that's where we go. It would be tragic if we just get bogged down in weeks and weeks and weeks and months and months of distraction and we don't actually meet the Lord. It's tragic. The Lord is saying, church, wake up. Don't slumber. Don't go in, don't go into your devices for the next number of weeks and just lose yourself in in endless numbers of shows. Don't do that. Rather, every day we trust Jesus to meet our needs by declaring, you are my shepherd. You're good. You protect me. You guide me. Now, this doesn't mean that we're not to heed governmental authority in these days. We do. We are doing that and we should do that. But we don't give ourselves to worry in the midst of this God has this under control. Do you believe that? That God actually has all of this. Every single thing is under his control. John 10, 14 and 15. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. We can trust Jesus in these days because he tells us plainly, I'm the good shepherd. The promise of God woven throughout scripture to take his sheep and to lead them and to guide them and to care for them. Jesus says, I'm it. This is me. I'm the good shepherd. Like, isn't that encouraging? Like, you read that and it's just, he tells us so plainly there. In the Gospels, i that's me. Like, he's not speaking in, in, in riddles. He's like, I. this is me. That's who I am. And, and did we actually, did we catch what Jesus said there? Do we actually believe this? He says, the relationship that I and the Father have can actually be had between you and me. That we can have the relationship with Jesus, of him and the Father. Just Just think about that for a second. The relationship that... The God of heaven and earth, the Father, has with his Son Jesus in the Godhead that level of relationship he says, you can have with me. That's mind-blowing. Every day you can pray Psalm 28, 9 over yourself, over your family, over others, where it says, oh, save your people and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. We can pray, Jesus, be my shepherd. Jesus, carry me. I need you in these days to carry me. All right. How do I trust Jesus to meet my needs? Number two, give him first place in every area of my life. I, I mentioned this last week, but you know, we can live with this kind of very unbalanced perspective in our lives. Like, I'm trusting God for my eternal salvation. That's the biggest need that I have. Like, no comparison. I need someone to save me. I'm trusting that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that he has my heart and my soul for all eternity. Okay, that he has my life. And then I'm not sure that I can trust him for that mortgage payment or that car payment or whatever payment. I can't trust him that he'll take care of my family. Like, really? We, we can live as though we need to take care of certain areas ourselves. And I, I'm not disputing responsibility. We we need to walk with responsibility in our lives, but Jesus invites us to give him every area of our lives. Every messy closet, every messy drawer. How many of you have a messy closet or a messy drawer? All that stuff. What, what do we actually think it means to invite Jesus into our lives? It's, it's inviting him to have everything. Matthew 6, this is what we were looking at last week. I'm gonna come back to it. Matthew 6, verses 31 to 33, and I'm, I'm reading this again out of the Living Bible. Jesus says, so don't worry at all about having enough food and clothing. Why be like the heathen? For they take pride in all these things and are deeply concerned about them. But your heavenly Father already knows perfectly well that you need them. And he will give them to you if you give him first place in your life. And live as he wants you to. Now, really simple interpretation for us here. God knows all your needs. He knows every single one of your needs he even knows the needs that you yourself don't see he sees them so there's some phrases that you'll never hear God say and maybe you've heard this before but you'll never hear God say oops or well I didn't know that or huh (laughs) didn't see that one coming like oh man how did that ever happen Jesus, how did we let that happen? You'll never ever, that doesn't happen. God will actually allow needs in your life so that you'll actually come to him. He'll actually allow you to have big needs in your life so that you'll realize, I am not meant to try and be self-sufficient on my own. I'm not meant to try and walk through this life and find all the sufficiency in myself. No, I'm meant to come to the Father. Worry is a warning system, if you will. It's a big warning system. It reveals an area, actually, where I have not made God number one. Anytime I worry, it's showing me I have not put God on the throne in that wherever we have something not under the lordship of Jesus or any area that we haven't given first place to Jesus, any, any area like that will be a source of insecurity and worry for all of our life if we don't give it to him. Meaning, those who haven't submitted their lives about, to Jesus, they will worry about everything. People will worry about everything if they have not yielded to Jesus. The cure is come to the Lord. And even, the thing is we find that even as professing Christians, we can just, we can have these kind of mixed up value systems that we're operating out of. Like we're 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 sort of half submitted to the Lord, kind of, but then in this area we, we really know we're not, and, and we're and we're mixed up when we give it to Jesus, it simplifies priorities and there's a whole lot less to worry about. Now, there, 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 right now, there is so much that we can worry about. Like like scads and scads and scads of stuff. So many theories about this virus and what to do and what not to do, and, and where it came from and how this is happening and, and where this is all going to end up. can I, can I just — can I really encourage you, set your face on Jesus. He holds our lives. He actually holds your life. Nothing else. And if the Father calls any of us home in this, it's gain. It's actually gain. I I know we struggle to believe that. The Word says it's gain. To live is Christ. To die is gain. I'm reminding myself, Paul, you need an eternal perspective. You need to get your eyes off of the temporal and get your eyes on to the eternal. Because when, when we make something, Lord, that shouldn't be, our job, marriage, children, health, bank accounts, it creates stress, it creates worry, it creates insecurity. The, these are good things, but they do not deserve God's place. And one of the things we worry about most, and perhaps probably even more right now, is we worry about money. We worry about getting it. We worry about keeping it. We worry about saving it. We worry about spending it, investing it, protecting it. We worry and worry and worry about money. And we're told, give it to God. The point is, in all of this, is that what God gives to me, he wants to give through me. He actually desires to use you to meet the needs of others. And so, how do we do that? How do we actually see that everything that God is giving us, everything is actually meant to flow through me to help others? All right, how do I trust Jesus to meet my needs? Number three, relax and give him my worries in prayer. So when you feel worry, fear, anxiety coming on, Make a list of all the things that God has done for you, all the things He's given you, all the blessings that He's poured into your life, all of it. Make a list because all that He's given you, nothing is by chance, nothing, not one single thing. And sometimes we also actually need to make a list of our worries. Like, make a list. What is bugging me? Write it down. Just don't, don't do it on social media. Give it to the Lord. Don't give it to others. Put it before him and not before others. But write write down. Write down your worries. And as you write down your worries, God, this is what I'm worrying about, then release it to the Lord. Jesus, you have it. I've given it to you. And and please hear me in this. Pushing down worry doesn't work. When, When worried... Don't suppress, don't repress. Rather, express it and confess it to God. Don't bury it. So suppressing worry, actually, it's like taking a can of Coke and shaking it and then sticking it in the freezer or sticking it in the trunk of your car, which some of us have done. Do you know know what happens when that that can of Coke goes into the freezer and freezes? It... (laughs) explodes everywhere. My my car trunk has, well, my older car still has remnants of that. But it explodes, and that's what worry does. It explodes into our work. It explodes into relationships. It explodes into our marriage. It explodes into parenting. It just explodes into areas in our lives. Matthew 6.32, it speaks of of all these things that we can run after. And the Greek there implies this intense pursuit, like running after in, in an intense way that we're consumed by this, that there's this thing that we, this process that, that, or this, this possessing and this we want, we want to demand this, that we're running after these things, that we must have them. The stuff that consumes the lives of people, always needing more, Always keeping up with the Joneses. By the way, why, why did the Joneses get such a bad rap? Like, what was it about the Joneses specifically? Like, why wasn't it like the Friesens or someone else that people wanted to keep up with? Why was it the Joneses? Anyways, I always wondered about that. But it's, it's running after all these things that we don't need to. It's about living in the security of Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Living with this peace that surpasses understanding. It won't actually make sense to people. They'll look at you and they'll go, that doesn't make sense. Living with a non-anxious presence in your life that will actually bring glory to Jesus. I've been, I'm thinking a lot about this. I am needing to continually grow in this. But this thing of, and especially in a time like this, how can I live with a non-anxious presence? Like that when I'm dealing with people, when I'm coming into contact with situations, how can I exude this peace that surpasses all understanding? That's guarding my, my heart and guarding my mind. Because that is a witness to a world that is amidst chaos. They look at that and they go that doesn't make sense and i believe that there's enough people that are walking in that as followers of jesus they will make a profound difference with people this promise of peace that comes from the releasing of worry and anxiety in prayer and intercession it says there not not through social media not through conversations with others. That's that's not actually how we release our anxiety. We release our anxiety in prayer and intercession. How do I trust Jesus to meet my needs? The fourth one. Trust him for one day at a time. We get 24 increments for a reason. Matthew 6.34, the very next verse after the section that we've been in. And, and this is really, this is the application of it for our lives, if you will. This is, after everything that Jesus has said, this is sort of the application of it. So he says, so don't be anxious about tomorrow. God will take care of your tomorrow too. Live one day at a time. In the message it says, don't get worked up about what may or may not happen Tomorrow. I, I, there, you know i 'm following the news every day there 's like this constant like ongoing stream of updates and you don 't know like what is tomorrow going to bring i don 't know what 's the next day going to bring i don 't know and and it, actually, if we allow ourselves, you can get really really anxious about that like what what 's going on and god says don't 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 worry about it why because Living for today, living one day at a time, is all that you can do. It's actually truly all that we can do. The two days of the week that we should never worry about are yesterday and tomorrow. Don't don't borrow trouble that you don't need, right? Today is the tomorrow that you worried about yesterday. When you worry about tomorrow's problems... One of the big impacts is actually you miss the blessings of today. And there's blessings to be had every day. When you worry about your health, when you worry about your retirement, when you worry about your job, when you worry about whatever, all the stuff that's swirling right now, you miss the blessings of today. Trust God to give you what you actually will need tomorrow. Do we trust God? God, I don't know what tomorrow will bring, but I trust you. You know what's coming. God, you're already there, and you are going to give me exactly what I need. This is why Jesus says to us he says, You're not to pray, give us this week our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. Don't give, we're, not, we're not called to, to pray for weekly bread, daily bread. And actually, and and part of that, actually, in that is also, it's it's telling us we're actually to come to the Lord daily in prayer. That's why it's even like that. It's you're not meant to actually go days without prayer. You're actually meant every single day go to the Lord in prayer. Now, in, in all this, I'm not saying that we don't plan. Obviously, that we 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 do need to plan, but we don't need to worry. And many times. The planning and the worry seem to be somehow intertwined with our in our lives. And we get those two all mixed up. And Proverbs says we are to plan, but that we're not meant to worry. We were never created to worry, as we talked about last week. But we, we plan for death. Why? So that we can live for today. So that we live right now in today. That's why we plan. So that we can enjoy what the Lord has for us today. Now, I want to I touch on something too important in all of this for people. If, if you struggle with chronic anxiety, then by all means, I would say you, you may actually need to seek professional help. And that can actually be a good thing. Perhaps it's a clinical issue of a chemical imbalance seek out a christian counselor seek out a support group that can help you those are those are good things those are those are means that actually god works through to really bring healing and wholeness in our lives but do that all those things do that so that you can actually get your mind stabilized so that you can learn to trust jesus step by step in your life and grow to learn to trust the lord more and more and more don't don't Let's not look to anything else in our lives as a substitute for trusting Jesus. Let's not be running to and fro in these days looking for a substitute. We need the Lord. You know, and, and as I was thinking about this this week, I thought, you know, it's, it's probable that this next week will again bring more bad news in our country. That's where we're at. This next week is probably going to be a hard week. And there is going to be an inclination in us to become fearful or to, to become more fearful. And, and we are. We are in very serious days. That we are. And this, this is not a time to plaster a bunch of spiritual talk over the reality and not be real about the reality that we're facing. I actually want to be really real about the reality that we're facing. And God is real about it and God is in it. But I'm not going to plaster a bunch of holy roller spiritual talk over this. No. But we also, it's not the time to allow what's happening in the natural to get our eyes off of what God wants to do in us and what he's doing in all of eternity. We're not meant to be so consumed with what's happening here that we get our eyes off of the Lord. And I, I believe that we are in the midst of a very serious situation. And I believe from, from even talking to people that I'm connected with that government leaders and health authorities are feeling just as overwhelmed right now as the rest of us. They are, they are trying to, to, to walk through this. But we need our eyes on the Lord. We really need really need our eyes on Jesus and we need our hearts aligned to him in these days. You know, and, and underneath this entire message and underneath this entire sort of theme is the understanding that we need to be immersing ourselves and soaking ourselves in the word of God. That underneath all of this we are to be in the word. And if you're not, if you're not in the word, if you're not actually using this time to get more and more and more and more into the word, I would encourage you, begin to do so. Get into the word. Allow the Lord to speak to you through his word. And he, it's amazing how God speaks to us through his word in days like this. Get your eyes on the King of Glory. So I wanna, I wanna end this morning by inviting us to spend some time in prayer. And this week is gonna bring new challenges for us, and we need to give it to the Lord. And so I wanna, I wanna encourage you to take a few minutes here and pray with whoever you're with or on your own between you and the Lord. And, and let's pray specifically into these things around kind of what we've been learning and, and looking at in the word. Pray against worry in your family and in yourself. Pray against it. Pray that the Lord would deliver you from that. Pray that you'd be growing in trusting Jesus, that you'd actually be going deeper and deeper in that. Pray for protection for you and others. Pray that the Lord would be your shield. Pray for a deepening of your hunger for God in these days, that he'd be deepening that in you. And pray for an increase of his presence in your midst. That God would actually be moving in power and, and coming and that we'd have a hunger for that and a desire for that like never before. So I'm gonna leave you to do that. Let's, let's spend a few minutes here in prayer as we're together and then we're gonna come and we're gonna end with some worship. All right, let's, uh, let's just spend some time quieting our hearts and praying together.